0: Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Good morning, Dr. Jane. Good morning, Anna. How are you today? I'm doing good. I hope you're having a great week. I am. I am. It's good to be together. Yes, it is. You know, I was talking with a young friend of mine, and she was relating the hardships that she and her peers are experiencing launching their professional lives on the throes of the pandemic. So I thought we could take a little time and talk about this today. Well,
1: sure, Anna. You know, this is a time of great uncertainty. And even the experts are unclear as to the long-term effects of the COVID crisis. You know, we can pretty much count on it impacting every generation, some more so than others, and certainly for different reasons. Yes, we certainly have all been impacted by this. And then the boomers probably were more at risk health-wise. Well, that's right. The boomers are that age group between 56 and 74, And certainly, they were more likely to be hospitalized, more likely to spend time in the ICU than the younger populations. You know, and statistics indicate that about 60% of this age group were diagnosed with at least one chronic health condition prior to COVID coming on the scene. So the health impact was of greater concern. The financial impact, less so. Well, that makes total sense. I mean, they're older, you know, they have been in the workforce longer,
0: more financially stable, maybe even retired or getting close to
1: retiring. Well, yes. And then we have the, the Gen X population, which is the age group between 40 and 55, you know, and these this population, to a large degree, were in a safer zone than the boomers, you know, less health risks a good length of time in their work life and on their career paths.
0: Yes, you know, more health and financially stable, um, but I'm sure that there are people in this age group who are hit very hard by the pandemic. Well, that's right. We always
1: need to consider that we're, we're talking statistics here. So very often it, it uses averages. So there are always outliers. And certainly there have been Gen X people, you know, who contracted the COVID virus, you know, who died, other people lost their jobs, lost their companies, lost their life savings, yes. Yeah. So sad,
0: you know, some things are are predictable and then some things are just, just happen at
1: random. Uh, and then we have the millennials. Well, and, and they're an interesting group. This is the ages 24 to 39 and before COVID hit, they were called the unluckiest generation. My goodness, this is so ominous. Well, yes, and their coming of age occurred when the recession of 2008 hit the country. You know, which of course impacted professional paths and non-professional jobs. So now, again, at a pivotal time when they're building their lives and and taking, they're actually taking some of the greatest financial hits. I mean, they're the they're really getting it. And the impact interferes with major life milestone, milestones. Those milestones like securing a job, really anchoring in, continuing one's education and training, marriage, having children, being able to afford a home. Well, those are a lot of dreams to give up on or to put on hold indefinitely. Well, yes, and the, the millennials are also seeing health risks, believe it or not. You know, I found a, an article that talked about the fact that by the age 27, there's a higher prevalence of physical disorders driven by cardiovascular and endocrine conditions. You know, we're talking coronary concerns here and, and diabetes in this particular millennial population. You know, both of these systems are impacted by long-term stress. And yet about 52% of millennials put off health care because of the, the costs. So this generation, you know, is impacted with the health issues, but also there's these mental emotional issues as well, because they're the population that's also been impacted by the loneliness and the isolation and anxiety of a quarantined life. You know, this has resulted in a lot of mental and emotional conditions that that need to be addressed. And yet again, this population is more unlikely to avoid those costs. Wow, you know what a load to have to carry at any age that should be
0: filled with promise and opportunity. You know, for the millennials, it's time of financial insecurity and serious health concerns.
1: Yes, financial uncertainty. You know, and working from home also doesn't necessarily mean you're you're saving any money. You know, there's an increase in grocery bills for one. You know, and the reality is. That about one half of Americans under the age of 45 have either lost their jobs or had their hours significantly cut since COVID. You know, and we can both attest to working from home also sets up that that feeling of feeling um, less connected to our coworkers and our employers and the, and the you know populations that we actually work with. You know, and this very often feeds job-related stress. Oh, yes, it certainly does. And then there's another
0: younger generation, Generation Z. They must be really feeling the kick of the pandemic.
1: Well, yes, this includes the ages 18 to 23. And you're right, Anna, this is the worst time to be entering the job market. They're just getting started. Interviews have been canceled or conducted online. You know, They're facing lower pay, reduced hours, or the fact that there are just no jobs available.
0: Dr. Jane, this is such dim
1: prospects and future uncertainty. Well, it really is. You know the impact for the Gen Z um, is that it hits every aspect of their life, you know, financial, personal independence, social connections, you know the future of their education and training, their career plans. You know, they are as a group experiencing less hospitalizations and yet they report more worry and anxiety about contracting COVID. This generation was taken a financial hit prior to the pandemic, right? Yes, and they were feeling the impact of the economic downturn before COVID hit. You know, they are as a generation known for more frugal attitudes. You know, they're more likely to frequent thrift stores and avoid debt. And more than 50% of this age group you know, of, you know, particularly the age group of of 18 to 29 are likely to be living at home or have to move home. Not that they want to move home, but they have to move home. This surpasses previous records held during the Great Depression. That's amazing. You know, so the big picture indicates that the
0: older generation is faring better than much of the younger generation, especially if how they're dealing mentally and emotionally.
1: Well, that's right. And the younger generations are struggling with the loneliness, the isolation, a lot of nervousness, anxiety and worry, and depression. Just this overall feeling of being trapped, you know, the the usual means of relieving stress like workouts or exercise, outdoor recreation, socializing, have all been significantly curtailed.
0: Well, the easing of restrictions and mandates may be a boost, but from, you know, from where what we've just reviewed, um, but it can possibly take care of all of the issues because, or I should say, it can't possibly take care of all of the issues because the economy isn't recalibrated and we still need to follow mandates and be careful. There's still
1: so much uncertainty, Dr. Jane. So once again, Anna, we, we really have to turn toward what we have control over and recognize what is outside of our control. You know, and our thinking has a major influence on the quality of life. And when times are hard, the mind very often can entrap us with feelings of failure and blame, you know, for unfulfilled ambitions. You know, we can be our own worst enemy. I call this the inner judge or the inner critic. And the overthinking and ruminating get the mind really, really can get the mind into ruts. And try as we may to disengage, it seems like nothing works. You know, and this often is referred to as painful engagement, and rightfully so, it is painful. Yeah, we we cover this in the mindfulness class.
0: I I remember that, and it it takes over the thinking, and we can't talk our way
1: out of it. Right? Well, that's right. Plus, it tends to influence how we see ourselves, others, the world, even the past. And it, it, we're, we're likely to, to see ourselves and the world with kind of a negative lens. So everything is seen in a negative value. And this is that downward spiral that we can often slide into, um, which is it's, it's really about, you know, increased stress and there's more negative thinking, ruminating. Heightened reactivity, more anxiety and depression. You know, it's it's all part of that. And then there's also part of being trapped, is is a feeling of learned helplessness.
0: You know, yes, I think I remember this from the experiment that we did. I mean, not that we did, that we talked about uh about the experiment
1: with the dogs well, during my class, isn't it? Yeah good memory on it. Yes, the experimentation was dogs were trained in cages to do various tricks to uh, turn off an electrical current on the floor of the cage. So they learned very quickly how to press buttons and move levers and ring bells and all of that to turn off their discomfort. But then what the, the experimenters did was they left the current running. And no matter what the dogs did, No trick worked. They couldn't turn off the the current. So the dogs eventually just laid down, no longer made any attempts. They gave up, you know, kind of threw in the towel, so to speak. This makes me so sad. And
0: and this is likely what some of the millennials and the Gen Z population could wind up
1: doing, you know, just giving up on themselves and giving up on life. Well, that's certainly a possibility, Anna. You know, there are multiple negative influences convening in their lives, both in previous years and also currently. You know, the key is to recognize and be open to doing things differently. You know, not so easy when you're in painful engagement. Yes, that's truly a tough call when you're feeling funky. Uh, Where would one start? Well, the truth of the matter is that tiny changes in what we do, whether we want to do them or not, can shift how we feel. And these are very often, I very often call the nanos. You know, there are many practices or many activities that have the potential for making big shifts over time. You know, it's it's really something, some things that can kind of keep us from really sinking into the painful engagement. I always suggest we start simple, something as simple as noticing the breath, going to the breath, noticing the in-breath and the out-breath. We've done this time and time again. You know, noticing the thought patterns. And when I'm focused on the breath, I'm actually able to pull myself out of that negative thought stream and really become aware of the here and now. And then bringing this mindfulness, this present moment awareness into activities throughout the day, no matter what we're doing. You know, we could be driving or walking preparing food, doing the laundry. Just stop, take a nice, easy breath, register the sensations of the in-breath and the out-breath, and become totally focused. Become totally focused on whatever the activity is that I'm engaged in. Sipping the soup, chopping the pepper, folding the washcloth, just breathing and noticing. Again, getting ourselves just a little bit of relief. We've also talked about, and we have the video and the podcast, called the three minute breathing space, which again, helps us move out of that funky place, the funky thinking, and really allows us to re-engage with present moment awareness. Other things that we can do would be things like do something pleasurable, nourish the body, nourish and nurture ourselves, take that easy walk, enjoy a sunset, you know, pet the dog, being totally in that experience in the moment. Other things that we could do would be things like do something that gives us some satisfaction. That could be some sense of small achievement and small sense of personal agency, you know, that I had control over my life. I remember during a difficult time that I had as a young adult, you know, I I thought I felt like I didn't have anything was in my control. And I began making my bed every morning, not just pulling up the covers, but really making the bed. And that was a way that I could in that moment Feel like I had control over something. So it could also be learning something new or self-mastery, doing something that I've been putting off, answering those emails, paying those bills, reorganizing the closet. You know, there are a myriad of little things that we can do. It doesn't mean we have to do the whole project at one time. Break it down into manageable parts. And the other piece is, you know, be creative. Be willing to learn something new. You know, these are all just ways to to intervene in that funky, painful engagement so that we're not living in and feeding into that learned helplessness. Maintain social connections. This is really incredibly important. And as the restrictions are lifted, it's important to be mindful of our safety for our sake and also for others as well. You know, it's also about making ourselves available to be kind to someone or help someone out, you know. Even a kind word can make a difference, or running an errand for someone. And also, the loving kindness meditation that's in our video and podcast library. It's excellent for moving us through a moment of, or moments of, painful engagement. Giving that loving kindness to ourselves first, and then sharing it with loved ones in the world. And also, lastly, Anna, it's about seek what we need. That's incredibly important. You know this includes professional support when one is feeling stuck or feelings begin to worsen you know there are many hotlines um, public mental health outreach programs that have professionals available for people to talk to if they call in
0: yes there's so many many wonderful programs out there uh, right now that uh, people can reach out to so And these are all such good starting points, Dr. Jane. I hope our dear millennials and Gen Zs will be inspired to act. Even the nanos have an impact. I know that for a fact. I've used those personally. So thank you, Dr. Jane. Until our next conversation.
1: Thank you, Anna.